0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Knuckleheads. I'm Nico. I'm Alex. And we are so excited because the NHL is back, and we are currently in the middle of the IHF World Junior Hockey Championships.
1: podcast. podcast. It is so nice that hockey's back. It felt, you know, I was prepared. I think once the NHL season went on pause, and afterwards, I settled them. I was like, oh, hopefully it'll come back. Hopefully it'll come back. The bubble came back. And I was not ready for this fall when anything, everything just shut down again. Nice. And when we got into conversations about whether or not the NHL would be even coming back in time and all this financial stuff, I was like, this sucks. So it's so nice to be right back within hockey.
0: Well, and we're going to get into the NHL coming back because I want to know your thoughts on the realignments because I think this Canadian thing is going to be pretty cool. Uh, But first up, I'd be really interested to talk about the World Junior Hockey Championships. Are you down for that? Let's go. Let's get to it. All right. So for our first segment here, we're talking about the IHF World Junior Hockey. And you see a photo there of Canada versus Czech Republic, the game that took place recently. And it was another good one for our proud Canadians. What are your first thoughts on this Canadian team? They've been
1: fun to watch. They've been pretty dominant so far. I mean, settings like these where the NHL is not playing tend to lend themselves to teams like Canada and teams, uh, and like Team USA is another one this year where a number of their star players would be in the NHL otherwise. And instead, they're playing for Team Canada right now. And you can just sort of tell that there's certain guys that look like men amongst boys right now because they're just ready to play a full-on NHL season. And they're almost just... This is almost just warm-up for them. I wonder if a lot of those guys go into the NHL season and they're just ready to go because they've come from some of the highest-level hockey within juniors that there is. I think I think the Sabres are pretty happy with, uh, with what
0: they're seeing from their Canadian right now.
1: <laughs> I mean, those two... It's really unfortunate that Kirby Dock uh, wasn't able to play. Mm-hmm. And I mean... There, that's another conversation for another day about loaning prospects to the World Juniors because he's going to be, uh, I believe, four to six months, maybe the rest of the season. Don't look at the photo of his injury. It's disgusting. It's it's gross. Anyways. Two uh, <laughs> guys who have been wearing the C in his stead, uh, Dylan Cousins and Bowen and Byram, look NHL ready. I mean, Dylan Cousins a few times has just stripped guys at like either at his blue line and then either through outlet passes or then just carrying it up himself has just power through guys with both impressive wheels and like just being
0: way stronger and way bigger than anyone else he's playing against and smart positioning, which is something you want yeah. to see from these guys. He's finding the, the, the lanes, you know, I mean, that photo, he, he got the breakaway. I was a great pass to, to find him through. Uh, and then he, he found the back of the net uh, 13 cool. points for cousins. I know it's pretty ridiculous. Um,
1: team kind of still uh, not, Trailed at any point throughout this tournament. Granted, knock on wood, we just finished the first quarter final. So if you're listening to this after the semifinals and they've lost six nothing to Russia, don't blame us. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But up to this point in the tournament, they have looked as good as maybe any world junior team since I think like that Connor McDavid team in 2015, I believe it was when they won gold. Yeah, 2015. Or honestly, there can be an argument made for this team compared to the two thousand and five famous World Junior team that had guys like Crosby, Bergeron, Getzlaff, Perry, all these guys that went on to make it in the NHL. And I am interested to see as to what kind of long term effect, or sorry, what turn, what kind of long term legacy this team has, especially if they're able to pull it off because they've definitely got the horses to do so.
0: In regards to the consistency, I can I can see the comparison to that team. Like you said, they've never trailed. So, how much of our uh, of our uh, l- like amazing play do you attribute to either our defensive core or to Devon Levi? Honestly, he's been fantastic. I feel like half the issue
1: with watching Canadian World Junior teams ha- is they just you never know what you're going to get in goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there have been some goaltenders throughout the year that give in stinkers, and that's what makes the World Junior so much fun. Is it leads to these massive swings in uh, momentum throughout the game because they're all kids, right? Yeah. And so dealing with like a huge emotional pulls and um, uh, pushes, you know, it takes time to learn how to deal with that. And it makes watching the world juniors crazy every year. But Devin Levi, I saw a quote about him from a quote about him from his junior coach saying <laughs> that said basically he's a 35 year old married man with two kids but he's actually just 19 and he lives in his parents basement
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey that is the kind of maturity you want from your netminder, and that's why it's been so weird to see goalies in the world juniors because like you said like these are kids and this is the highest pressure that they've ever faced in their careers and i didn't even uh, realize devon levi was going to be our starting goalie and now uh, every game like this guy is something else I would say the majority
1: of hockey fans had never heard of this guy prior to this tournament, and he was a seventh-round draft pick in this past draft, in 2020.
0: Yeah, in a weird draft. He played
1: draft. for the Carlton Place Canadians, a Junior A team in Ontario last year. He's playing for Northwestern whenever their season starts this year, so he hasn't played any hockey up until this point. He had yeah. dominant stats in Junior A last year, but he's still only a seventh-round draft pick in the NHL. Somehow he ended up on Team Canada's radar, and I guess he must have just blown the lights out at the World Junior Camp,
0: because... Is it- I will say Northwestern, Northeastern. Are they the same? They're different. Northeastern, They're
1: I think. Different. Is he playing for Northeastern? Yes, yes. Well, Devon, those Northeastern you know. fans get after me for... They're going to come after off. you.
0: We don't want to <laughs> upset on. them.
1: If we get northeastern fans coming
0: after us, I'm gonna feel a lot better about how this podcast has gone. <laughs> to get back into the to the yeah. scoring uh, leaders and and the play uh, some of the players, I know uh, I know you're excited to talk about Germany. Uh, but another thing we we're talking about in regards to these players and what they're showing, you have such interesting. Uh, obviously, Trevor Zegras, a lot of points for him, and shooting 31. percent But then you have Matthew Boldy, also at, he has four goals, but only shooting 19. And it's just interesting to see the the difference here on this USA squad. I feel like they have a lot. To hits and misses well i
1: mean it's a short tournament right so you end up having these huge shooting binges and whatnot because that's just small sample sizes right that's i mean like dylan cousins is 13 points in five games like it's same as egress yeah and i think cole caulfield has had a tough tournament and like had an absolute beauty against that uh rip. The day. yeah that we'll was get into nice. that a little bit later um but yeah i mean that's just short sample size city that's what we see, just these random binges and what makes these tournaments so fun because you have one goaltender with small sample size. You can dominate five games in a row.
0: So what about this Germany team? Do you want to let everyone know?
1: This is... This was my dark horse. Honestly, second favorite team throughout this World Juniors. I got on the bandwagon hard for Team Germany after uh, their first game, I believe. Also, they have had as difficult a tournament as anyone. They came into the World Juniors about half their squad, maybe a little less than, ended up getting covid or was at least like oh, wow. forced to be like going to contact tracing and quarantine. Yeah, so th- their first two games, they were missing like almost half their squad. They Holy. go into the first game, lose 5-3 to Finland, and that I've w- on watching that game, I think I gained a much greater appreciation for the overall depth of the squad. Coming in, everyone knew about Stutzla and the fact that I mean, he went third overall to Ottawa, and they're all psyched about that. Um, but the overall depth of the squad was a lot better than I expected because every once in a while you see, like, a team like Austria even in this tournament, a guy, they have a guy like Marco Rossi, another, like, ninth overall pick, I believe, in this past draft. He's a player that a lot of people regard highly. They have no depth throughout the rest of the squad, so it doesn't really matter if there's only Rossi. Yeah. But Team Stutzla had some guys to play with. Um, between Stutzla... JJ Praturka, who I knew very little about prior to this tournament, and has really shown me that uh, Buffalo has a real prospect in him. He had 10 points in five games, as well as Stutzla. Um, I believe he was drafted in the early second round. Yeah. And then there's another guy, Florian Elias, who I've literally never, once again, never heard of in my life. And just He's a kid. Yeah. Nine no. points in five games. Exactly. 18 year old player, um, undrafted.
0: I believe, I guess. 20, no, 2021 18-year-old. eligible.
1: Yeah, so he's coming up
0: for draft this year. I don't know where he's ranked at all, but I was impressed with him. <laughs> um, he he hasn't been that ranked. I mean, for any of my uh, my NHL video game fans, we know how those uh, those drafts usually go. I mean, this year we got our we got our Docs, we got our cousins, but yeah. uh, you don't see a lot of Florian. But he's no. something to see.
1: No, I honestly just like a stick with a good puck transition player who had a little bit of skill and um, being the third guy on the Paterka. Uh, Stutzel line had opportunities to find space because so much of the focus was like, just stop these two guys. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what made Germany tick, honestly. Like, if you're going to have one elite player like Stutzel, you need a second or hopefully uh, maybe two other good players that for him to play with. And if you have one line, I mean, in a short tournament like that, it power your team. And it really did take Germany pretty far. Um, I so will say yes, effort, definitely yeah. at
0: least two other guys for these tournaments. I mean, yeah. if you can have three guys in, in your in your top six that really make a difference, and then the, the defenders got to figure that out that that can really make the difference. And it's been it's been cool seeing Germany. I'm not the the as big a fan as you are, but I can <laughs> I can agree that uh, I got
1: on the bandwagon, baby. I'm all the way with Team Germany. Well, I
0: guess. Well, no more, no more, because that is right. We have our semifinals coming up: Canada, Russia, and USA, Finland. Also, let me just
1: say, sorry, I want to pull back to Team Germany. I'm not going to let them go quite yet. <laughs> if you have not seen the highlights personally, I know it's a few days past, but go and watch the highlights of Germany versus Switzerland. This game was for, I believe, third place in the group and for a position in the quarterfinals. So it's a big deal for those two teams because Germany has never, in 13 tries, qualified for the quarterfinals in the World Juniors. This is the first time. Um, Germany was up 4-1 with about 10 minutes or so left in that game. And I'm thinking, wow, these these guys know how to play. These Germans, you know, we're going to go all the way. After losing 16-2 to Canada, the game before 4 <laughs> I was like, these guys got it. Let's go, score us to 4-2 with about five minutes left. No big deal. 4-3 with about two minutes left. And I started sweating for the Germans. I was like, wow, we're about to watch a comeback right here, baby. And then the Germans scored with Antinet, 5-3. Minute 30 left. True. A German player cross-checks one of the Swiss players right in the face gets five in a game, gets thrown out with a minute 30 left.
0: Oh, wow. With a 5-3 lead.
1: I honestly can't say the last time I saw a five-minute penalty left with about, like, a minute 30 left in the game in a situation like that where they were up 5-3. Anyways, I yeah. I
0: remember a penalty like that uh, in a, at some point, but definitely not when you're up 5-3. It's yeah, usually, pretty rare. we're talking, sure like, tie game. Garbage time. Yeah. Our, yeah. Yeah,
1: garbage time sort of deal, like, anyways. Swiss sc- score again with about 30 seconds left, make 5-4. I'm, like, we're so close to scoring off the next face. off to send it in to overtime. And I've never been so excited. I never thought that I was, that, uh-huh. that after all the world junior, after all the hockey I've watched, one of the most exciting games and comebacks I've ever seen would be, would be between Switzerland and team Germany. But <laughs> hockey's a grown sport, baby. It was good to see. It, <laughs> it is a funnel. growing sport.
0: Have you seen the yeah. stats? It was something like, I think, 4.3 million viewers versus the Stanley Cup's, like, 2.8 million or something like that. Like, it's insane how much this World Juniors is, is World like... World Juniors? Yeah. yeah, the World Juniors are getting huge viewership, and uh, and they're performing, like you said. I mean, anytime you have... I mean, we've been so disappointed by qualifying teams before, and then Germany comes in here, and there's something to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... Like, and they had, what, Olympic... Sorry, um, silver in the last Olympics... And I believe lost in overtime to Team Russia in the gold medal game. Or at least lost by a goal. Dreisaitl, Hart Trophy, league scoring leader. Christian Erhoff, I just want to shout out him. <laughs> fellow German as well. But I mean, clearly the sport's growing within Germany. And I think if the game can take a foothold in a country like that, that could be a real interesting situation. Because I mean, that's a country... Hockey's an expensive sport, quite frankly. Yep. And... I mean, I wish it wasn't so expensive and I believe there are things to do to make that better. But as long as it's that expensive, honestly, countries like Germany that are like wealthy nations,
0: they'll be very beneficial to help you yeah, grow the game.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they've got some sort of Nordic tra- tradition there. And I don't know, it just seems like a great place for the game to to grow. And if I was that NHL, I'd really be targeting improving the game's foothold within Germany. Anyways. I got to give my boy, my German boys a shout out. Tim Stutzleff, Otto Senders fans, you should be excited. He scored some absolute beauties throughout the tournament. And um, I'm excited to watch him in the league this year.
0: And for anyone that doesn't know, these three Germans we're talking about, they are in the top five in the leaders for the juniors. That's right. 10 points, 10 points, 9 points.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I mean, one line. And the, the German goaltender was off and on. They were pretty good at times. And then the game I watched against Team Canada was maybe the single worst display of goaltending I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> there were they, It's not good.
0: Speaking of which, do you have any quick knows? thoughts on that uh, Austrian goalie, Ranschitz? Ranschitz? No,
1: I don't. Uh, I don't 194
0: saves thus far uh, in three games or something like that. Really? Yeah, this guy wow. has been absolutely peppered. The Austrian defense is saying... Fire away, take him down, <laughs> and he's doing his best. You know, I mean, it's not not a beautiful eighty nine point one eight save percentage, but uh, with one hundred and ninety four shots on goals through three games. So, just so everyone knows, that is, I mean, the next man. best is Russia. Five games, he has won. Uh, he has one ten. So, through three games, this guy has eighty four <sighs> more shots against. It's insane. Can you
1: imagine the? Crap? It's
0: insane. <sighs> I feel so bad man, for God the Bless kid.
1: that man. That's rough. Yeah. That is. Uh... They better get that guy for first class ticket home. Yeah, honestly. yeah. He's ready. He He's to ready to go, go home.
0: Wow. <laughs> uh, and actually talking about that, so do you want to talk about uh, predictions, scouting, maybe some uh, prospects? What do you think? Well, yeah, I think why don't we go to, uh, head to the uh, second
1: uh, quarterfinal game of the day, I believe, yesterday. And that was what Sweden and Finland, which ended up being another fantastic outing between those two. I mean, Honestly, that rivalry is always one of my favorites to watch because <laughs> both sides get so up for it. Because, I mean, if you're either side and you leave a tournament, even if you don't win gold, it's a knock on your belt. We beat Sweden, or vice versa, we beat Finland. Oh, yeah. And you could see how much it meant to the Finnish players. And once again, fantastic game. Finns, after being down 2-0 in the third period, scored with about 23 seconds left. They looked dead in the water to start the game. And this Finnish squad coming to this tournament really was not as powerful um, as some of the previous Finnish teams we've seen over the last five years. I mean, they've won, what, three gold medals, I believe, in either the last five or six seasons? Yeah, they're I mean, really
0: making a name for being a top world junior team.
1: I mean, yeah, they've, and Finland's one of those teams, no matter what the international tournament is, they're going to play well as a squad. And they've always got a number of like depth checking forwards that just understand the possession game and just keep coming at you. And it was a classic finish effort. A solid blue line, uh, Vili Hainala, who's a Winnipeg Jets first-rounder, looks like a real player in my book. Uh, Reminds me of, I believe he was Swedish, is a guy named Tobias Enstrom. A little bit smaller, moves the puck pretty well, uh, positionally very solid defensively. And uh, a guy I could easily see, maybe not stepping in this year, but probably the year after. And and the Jets need help on these. So that'll well, be like, a guy to watch out for, for sure.
0: One thing I noticed with this game, and like you mentioned, is just the fact that this these Finnish teams, and of course, they're all young, but these Finnish teams seem to have such a professionalism and team chemistry. I mean, going down 2 nothing to Sweden in the first period, uh, or, or sorry, no, uh, is that right? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. And then and then turning that around, uh, it's just uh, it's just shows great professionalism.
1: And they looked dead in the water to start that game. They had absolutely nothing going. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the game we saw against Team Canada, like there is they have Anton Lundell, who was, I believe, a 10th or 11th overall pick in the in a recent draft of the Florida Panthers. And I mean, there's a debate over to what his offensive potential is. He had a nice goal against Sweden. But I mean, I wouldn't say he's one of the elite uh, world junior players. They, they just don't have a ton of top end offensive talent, but they played a good, solid team game. And honestly, they turned the tide in that game, in the Finland Sweden game, after like they had nothing going on in the first period and just slowly started working away, working away, and turned the whole tide of that game. The Swedes looked like they ran out of gas. And that's another team that really got. Through really got screwed by COVID. They ended up having to leave the majority of their coaching staff back in Sweden. Uh, another oh, wow. one of their key players back because of positive COVID tests right before the tournament, right before they left. I mean, the fact that this tournament is happening at all, period. Um, it's amazing. I mean, yeah, it was. there was a while where uh, it didn't look like it, especially when Team Canada went into quarantine already in the bubble. But knock on wood, once again, it's gone off without a hitch once they've been in the bubble and playing here.
0: Yeah, it seems to be like they're, they're putting in the right safety measures once they're actually in. Like you said, a lot of people didn't actually enter the bubble, uh, which is great that that was screened beforehand. Uh, yeah. And you mentioned their defense. I mean, uh, how do you pronounce it? Ville Henola? Henola. Henola. Almost played Henola, 28 yeah. minutes in that yeah. game. Got an assist. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a pretty decent talent at some point. Like nothing. He, he'll be on a, on a team's top 60 for sure, I think, in his career.
1: Yeah, he's just—he's really mobile. Clearly, a smart player. I was—I've was, been impressed uh, as I watched him throughout the tournament. Um, they have another player, Emil Vero, I believe is his name, who's not eligible till the twenty twenty two draft. So he's another player to watch. Oh, out real for. young. He and... had some real nice players. Yeah, I mean, been a couple of guys, including on Finland. I can't believe I almost forgot this. My favorite Finnish name of all time, uh, <laughs> Brad Lambert. Brad Lambert, classic Finnish name. Yeah, classic. (laughs) So, (laughs) this is 17 year old Finnish dynamo Brad Lambert, who I literally had to search up and double check after Chris Cuthbert said his name during the broadcast. I was like, did you just say this guy's name is Lambert? Turns out he's of Canadian and Finnish uh, descent. His dad's Canadian, but he was born and is grown up within Finland. So, we'll Uh, take credit. If, and it's yeah, we've success. lost his international rights, unfortunately. <sighs> Anyways, but he's not eligible till the 2022 draft. And this kid's already playing professionally in Finland. He's had a pretty decent start off to the year, but really like seven points, 15, 16 games, and has looked honestly really solid throughout the tournament so far. He's clearly like he's small still. He hopefully he grows a little bit more. I mm-hmm. think he's maybe five-nine or so, but he's fast. He fast is, is fun. Yeah, and especially on a team that lacks offensive creativity. He has actually really brought something to, something to this Finnish squad, which is rare for a seventeen-year-old to do in this tournament. No matter what team.
0: Well, and good on them for for bringing him to the to the team for this, because like you yeah. said, that's not usually they don't usually have any sort of flash as a team. So that's kind of cool that he's he's made this impact and uh, he's adding that energy uh, to their squad. And also, uh, shout out to Piernan. He's had a, he's had a good uh, good run so far. He's a good goalie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, classic Finns.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they need some good goalies. So They haven't had uh, enough young guys come in recent years.
0: They're starting to age out. Tukaraska only going to be along for uh, so long here. Well, when we say they need some good goalies, I still want them to lose. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't think I want to play them. I don't. Uh, fingers crossed, we make it there, and and then I don't want to have to play them in the final. Fingers crossed, yeah. we
1: yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on to the uh, next game here. That was Canada versus the Czech Republic. Yeah. Um, and watching the Czechs throughout the tournament, they actually lost 7-1 to the Americans at some point after like a decent start to the game, and then they just rolled. And then the next game I watched, they played Russia, in which they won 2-0, shutting out the Russians for the first time in the history of this tournament for the Czechs, and playing what Ray Ferraro literally called a perfect game for them. Wow. So it, they've had some huge swings. Huge swings. And the Czechs are always a squad that like sometimes they can contend for a medal and you're like, oh, this is a frisky, dangerous squad. They're good check players in the NHL. Guys like Dave Pashnak have come through that system. Ronick, um others.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, Yager Yager, I mean <laughs> I mean hockey hockey's working there and they're they're creating some talent. It's interesting because I mean my first thought, just because of what you say in regards to the highlights, my first thought is, oh, wow, Germany is better than Czech. But if you actually look at, like, their prelims, like, I mean, Czech 10 goals to 14 versus Germany's 14 to 28. So they – clearly the Czechs are doing to something right. Fair. They got two wins. I mean
1: – To be fair, the division, like, the two groups, I've never seen them so uneven in the fact <laughs> that Russia, in Russia, Sweden, the States, and the Czechs. We're all in the same group with poor Austria. And that's why Austria made no waves. And that's why their goalie faced, what was it, 180, 90 shots?
0: 194 shots. And yeah. just so everyone knows, their goal for goals against was one goal for oh. to 29 goals against. Oh. What a fun tournament they had. Man, they went through quarantine for that, too.
1: <laughs> Man, some of the teams you've seen lose this year, too. They look so devastated because, like, they've just a play. Oh yeah. Think about like going through. They've all gone through fourteen day quarantines. They've had to do like stayed within this bubble for the while. And if there's one thing that we keep hearing from these bubbles is that they're kind of interesting for the first two or three days, and then they just get like Groundhog Day.
0: Imagine that (laughs) game four pregame speech. The coach is like, "All (laughs) right, boys, let's go out there." Get two. Get (laughs) two. I
1: swear to God, please. (laughs) Wow. But luckily, they're not getting relegated this year because there's no relegation going on. Anyways. Yeah. Um, but going into that Canada check game, I was texting a few people and I was saying, this is a classic game that's going to be 2 nothing into one or 2 to this the third period.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Canada's going to be dominating the shots mm-hmm. and they're just not going to be able to score. In the end, they didn't dominate the, sh- the shots, but otherwise it was a 2 nothing game going to the third and they ended up winning 3-1.
0: You did call most of it, I and mean, yeah. and and the guys that we love to see were the ones contributing. Cousins, Byram, uh, and then this Mick Michael, who I didn't know too much about, but oh really, been yeah. been,
1: been great for Canada. Well, Mick Michael was a big contributor as well last year, and he's been kind of snake bit throughout the tournament. Um, I believe he had three shots and uh, three posts against Finland. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and hit another, I believe, post or two as well in the game against the Czechs. So he's another guy that looks primed to break out and got a goal. Um, I mean, eventually the Canadians just kind of out. I mean, outskilled. Oh, out, they're just better. Yeah, than I don't think we chance. need to spend
0: too much time yeah. on this game. It was a,
1: <laughs> it was a win. Yeah, a classic game that you've seen seventy-five times before in a quarterfinals. Anyway, so they moved on, and uh, and they'll be playing Finland. Sorry, not Finland. Rather Russia in the semifinals. A classic matchup, and then on um, to the last matchup of the uh, quarterfinals here. That was the Americans versus the Slovakians in a game that actually turned out to be quite similar to the Czech-Canada game that occurred a few hours right before it. Mm -hmm. The uh, Americans ended up winning 5-2 against Slovakia, but I believe that game... That game was 2-1 at one point. Yeah. Yeah, I believe the Americans scored, what, two empty netters at the end? Yeah. And um, they were were down 3-2 or so. The Slovaks put together a pretty solid effort, stayed in the game, had a few... uh, Stayed frisky right up until the end, but once again, this American team is clearly great.
0: They're good, and I think we're gonna end up playing them. And I, I, yeah,
1: in the final. I know you were talking about not wanting to play Finland. We'd be lucky they beat Finland. No, no big deal. In the if if we got to a final,
0: I mean, I don't um, want to play either of them, but I want to play in the
1: final. So <laughs> yeah, but the, I honestly, I'm really hopeful that we get America um Canada in the uh, finals because I think it'd be a classic World Junior final, and then more than exactly anything, that's what I want to watch. It's that, the storyline. We need some classic hockey. It's been a tough year. Well, I guess tough. We're into a new year now, luckily. But
0: I, th- I really, I really think a Canada America final could pull in unreal viewership, and it would yeah. just be so great. This tournament, like we said, is growing up. <laughs> And uh, and it's looking poised, like we're saying with this game. I mean, the Slovaks. I mean, I, I honestly don't think, I don't think they ever stood a chance, uh, even though, like you said, it actually it was the empty netters that really made the score look like what it
1: does. But yeah, and the Americans haven't won the gold now in three years. Um, they won a silver in twenty nineteen and, and had a disappointing uh, World Juniors last year. Who's the this best American far- thus far for you? Well, Z-Grass, easily. Easily, he's tied with uh cousins, or has he gone ahead of cousins? He's first he's 15 points, first 15. Well, he had that many. Oh, geez, yeah, his two assists the other day really uh took it uh, off. Yeah, that is uh, it's salt squad. And uh, honestly, I'm, I'm excited to watch because they have a number of really dangerous offensive players and snipers and guys that actually really haven't even shown what they're really capable of so far. Um do you think Cole grass? Caulfield
0: is just getting started? Exactly,
1: Caulfield's yeah. a fun player for me to watch. He is so small; he is really, really like, one of the smallest players I remember seeing. Like kind of Tyler inspiration
0: a- to all of us Martin Saint Louis fans. <laughs> Caulfield
1: is here. I mean, if if he carries out a half the career that Saint Louis did, uh, Habs fans would be pretty pumped. But he so has got a shot. That that goal he scored against Slovakia, the uh, bar and in on the five and three was that was pro level right there and he looked so pumped afterwards which is great to see
0: well it was such a gorgeous goal it's going to be a highlight for his entire career and yeah. like you said I actually I don't know they're a weird team but I think he's going to work with the vibe that the Habs are kind of creating uh after seeing them uh last year and seeing the the changes they've made with the, their youth with uh, with Suzuki and the way that mm-hmm. they're, they're playing hockey now I'm excited to see him on that team Habs are a frisky team this year.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah It'll be interesting to see. I Actually, I don't even think he's going to cap. I think he's going back to uh, college. No, not for this, this season. Year. Not, yeah. yeah. But we'll see in the future. I mean, his biggest thing is long, like, I mean, if he can figure out how to play effectively in a star at his size, even at the level he is right now, I could see him in the NHL for sure. Yeah, I think so. But, um, I mean, his size is a bit of an issue, though, at times, for sure. The thing is, like, he may in the NHL struggle to be anything more than a one-dimensional sniper, which is still a useful player. I mean, there's still a lot of snipers that can... look at Jeff Skinner. Forgotten. That's exactly. Jeff Skinner has made an entire lot of money off being a one-dimensional sniper.
0: Wasn't uh what's his name, Michael Grabner? Wasn't he only able to shoot the puck? Hey,
1: no, he also pounded the kills, to be fair, and he's really okay. fast. But so we'll get we'll get
0: Caulfield on the PK. Yeah. Anyway. No, we don't actually either. I don't know if that's gonna be that'll I don't, never but... work.
1: So they've got a number of interesting players uh, cam york is another uh, excellent uh blue liner and captain there for the american skates really well kaliev is another great great shooter um and another player that's really interested me is matthew Bernier, who's uh, eligible for this coming draft
0: now was and it from he... watching the quarterfinals game his goal or or throughout this the tournament you've seen him
1: uh well mostly through the quarterfinals but what i've seen so far he's looked pretty good and really held his own as an 18 year old in that tournament
0: yeah
1: and um i mean it's always exciting to see players still draft eligible in this tournament because like all the other guys you're like wow this guy's really good he's not gonna play my team too bad but bernie true still probably not hopefully not actually if he ends up playing for the connects last year things have gone really wrong this season (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, another uh, another exciting player, hopefully to we'll see. But uh, I mean, Zgrass has really carried that squad so far. He he looks ready too.
0: And that's our uh, that's our last game uh, from the quarterfinals. Can, can I so, say one
1: last thing though about Zgrass? Because I mean, please, it has to be. Please do. For for as good as he's looked so far, and I, I think he'll be an to play in the NHL. His haircut right now is just so bad. Uh, it's so nice <laughs> to share that guy He's, it's funny to me I've, I've been watching this past World Juniors I remember so clearly watching guys like Everly like to, uh, Taves like the classic World Juniors of our youth and, yeah. and, and like looking up to these guys and being like wow and to have now to turn the corner and be looking at guys like Zgrass and Caulfield, and be like oh these guys are cute oh, just well oh. that's what's
0: crazy is they feel like babies but they're the same age as those guys were it's just... And what's
1: just happened is we've just gotten...
0: That's older. literally what's happened. We've gotten older. That's what it is. I thought I'd play at least, but it turns out <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> Cole Caulfield
1: <laughs> has stolen the one spot as a small player within the uh, World Junior Tournament and didn't leave a lot of room left for me.
0: But uh, but we're doing yeah. well. We've just gotten to the point where we're commenting on uh, Zgrass's hair, you know? <laughs> we're doing well. <laughs> Seriously, man, he needs a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... Can't... they? Were, they were comparing
1: him to like he's third now on the list of uh, American World Junior point getters. Point getters all-time. already? Yeah, yeah. I believe. Oof, let me let me double check this.
0: You'll he's gonna get this. more points too.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the second place player was former a former Canucks. Actually, let's see if you can guess. Um. So the second place player was a former Canucks. For pick. First Kessler? rounder, No.
0: No, first rounder. Oh.
1: He was an uh, American that played three times within the World Juniors.
0: Mayray? No.
1: No. Nope. He's from Canberra.
0: Yeah, so I don't know then. I don't know my American history that well. That's the thing. I'm trying to think. I can think of a lot of good connects, but I'm trying to think of who's American. That would have um, a lot of points. Okay. Well, he
1: didn't really play for the team that much.
0: Oh, he didn't play he for the He only played a couple of
1: games. Yeah, he only played a little bit for the Canucks, handful of games, never full season. Um, All right,
0: just give it to me. Who are we talking? He
1: played in like the Eberly era of World Juniors. Oh of, of World mid, Juniors then. Yeah. Like turn of the tens. I don't know if that's a
0: Nothing. What do we got?
1: All right. Jordan Schrader.
0: Oh wow. Well, okay. So yeah. but he I mean that's a he did great he for played America, in three America. Has not really done much since. <laughs> So I was
1: wrong. He was number one. He's number one all the time in American World Junior scoring.
0: But that's, I mean, if we're talking total, that's just due to his due diligence to returning to the team, right? (laughs)
1: 27 points, 19 games, man. He was good. Every year I'd watch him in the World Juniors be like, wow, this guy's really good. And then we drafted him. I was like, he he was great in the World Juniors, but he's not great in the NHL. Now that you mention him, I do remember the name.
0: I do remember the name because it wasn't that long ago. But uh, yeah, I think
1: he played in the NHL last year,
0: but not to the same level.
1: Anyways, shout out Jordan Schrader. And then the second place guy, um, American legend, uh, recently had a major public scandal. I'm just fired recently with him last year.
0: American legend, public yeah, American, scandal, Patrick Kane.
1: Yeah. He always has scandals. No, no, no. He is no longer currently playing.
0: Oh, so a recent uh, retiree. Yeah one, a most, public...
1: yeah, one of the most famous American players of all time. Real asshole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: not Ronick yeah Ronick oh wow that's how yeah, that's Ronick. how famous Ronick is everyone all right? I don't yeah. uh, I don't know my nationalities and my players that well but I was like I'm pretty sure he's the most famous one yeah, yeah. there you
1: go yeah he's I mean, uh, he and he and then Medano's fourth <laughs> and then we got JVR and third baby classic
0: well yeah Wait, Van Riemsdyk?
1: yeah oh wow <laughs> yeah, man I think is picked like third overall something like that he was he also played college and all those guys who play college have multiple opportunities is he still um, in the league? JBR, yeah, man, he's getting paid by Philadelphia like seven million a year. Oh yeah, nice couple of years. He'll be in the league for a while, signing. baby. The Philly yeah. signing. Um, I also realized we uh, forgot to talk about one other Canucks prospect. I think there's, I think there's only two. Paul, we didn't really talk about Paul Kleson that much. Actually, why don't we get into them now?
0: Let's talk about both of them, Paul yeah, Kleson and Kosmar.
1: Um, so who who would you rather talk about first? Who have you seen a little bit of?
0: Uh, I've seen more of Pod Colson, but I do know let's that uh, Arvid Cosmo has four points, so yeah, I'm, I'm ready for that. Yeah, uh, but let's start with Pod Colson. He
1: has honestly lived up to a lot of what the scouting report is, which is he's probably not going to score six points within game. Yep. huge highlights every once in a while. He's capable of an end to end rush, certainly. Yeah, but that's probably not going to be the majority of his game. But if you watch a full Paul Colson game, you're going to leave thinking he was in the offensive zone almost the entire game.
0: Which is what you want. I mean, like you said, he's, he's living up to the scouting report. He's doing it all. He's he, getting shots on that net.
1: He, to me, looks like uh, juiced up Zach Hyman.
0: <laughs> which is
1: kind of a weird comparison, especially for a guy who's like the captain of the Russian World Junior Team and was like a high drop pick. But he's an excellent... Um, He's an excellent, like, in-zone playmaker in the sense that he just keeps plays alive. He keeps the puck moving. Mm -hmm. His one-on-one play isn't spectacular. Like, he's skilled enough. But he's really, really smart. And he plays hard all the time. And and he's good at finding open zones. And just being, like, the little in-between pass that opens up. And to me, honestly, he looks like a guy who could play with like, I think the more skill you put him with, the more it opens up his game.
0: Well, and I think he he contributes so nicely to the people with skill. I mean, he, he's six four, yeah, uh, and he's a pretty smart player. I would be so excited to to see him at least in our, our bottom six one day. I know, like you said, uh, you want to put him with skill, but but I could also see him being a guy that will just like you said, he 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 makes an effort, he gets shots, he he gets assists. I mean, two goals, two assists through five games will take it a, a game winner. Technically, you know, he, he's a good player.
1: He'll probably first make the roster a lot like a guy like Bo Horvat did starting the third or fourth line and because he, he can play there. But I'm more convinced now than probably ever and just having watched some more of his game personally for the first time in a while that he can be a real top six effective player. Um, wow. I think he's going to be I think he's going to be a coursey a possession monster. To be honest, yeah, I, like he his defensive play is really solid, especially for someone who's his age. He moves his feet really well. Um, I have really paid as much as skating tr- skating stride um, in this past juniors, but I've seen some breakdowns in the past about how like there's a lot of room for improvement within his uh, skating stride. It's not that efficient, and those are things that you can change.
0: Yeah, those are the things that you kind of want to be able to. Okay, we can we can make him faster. We can make him yeah. uh, more efficient on the ice. Uh, like you said, he holds possession. So what would you say his fit would be in our top six? Is he a two-way on, like, a, a Pedersen line, or what, what are we thinking? I think you put him on the right wing,
1: either Pedersen or or Horvat, to be honest. Uh, I, he's not coming over this year, but hopefully the year after, right?
0: I don't think this believe, year. Yeah, he's no. 19 still. and Yeah, yeah and so we'll see. It may too.
1: take some time to adjust. You know, you don't want to, like, necessarily rush these things, and you don't know until you see it. But I could very much see him fitting in very well either line. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Pedersen's a good, like, also a very good two-way player. Yeah, Same with Miller, like that line to me, like I could see him sliding in there once this game's a little bit more mature and refined. Or honestly, Horvat, another solid two-way player, and like that becoming a really dominant uh, second checking matchup line.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing, is I could just see him end up being a, a kind of defensive specialist for us, which I would take. Yeah. I'd happily take that. Uh, but that I would see him more as a, a bottom six. But uh, but you're right, he could make a difference on some lines way down the line.
1: Yeah, actually, and another comparison, not so much in the way they play, but in the fact that they have that often isn't represented in point totals is a guy like TJ Oshi, who to me has always been better than the 50 or 60 points he scores every year because every year he's in a, like one of the top uh, two lines in his team and he's an effective member of that. They'll have like 50,
0: 60 points. And then you watch him play and you're like, Oh, this guy's everywhere. I am always down to hear more love for Mr. TJ. Oshi, anyway, like you said, gets yeah. work done. We'll get into the NHL in a little bit. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I feel good about Paul Colson
1: and then moving on to Cosmo here. Yeah. He's a pain in the ass. He's a pain in the ass. And that <laughs> is fantastic. He, Clearly, is a guy that plays with just complete emotion. Yeah. And if your seventh-round pick is playing on Team Sweden in the World Juniors, that's a good sign. That is a positive sign for your team's drafting. Shout out uh, former Connects director of scouting, Jed Brackett.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> that's what I had to look up again. Yeah. I was like,
0: wasn't he? Yeah, 215th overall. Yeah, seventh-round pick. He, he's small. And he's playing for these Swedes. Yeah. Like, he is making a difference out there. He was one of the top three players in the tournament
1: yeah Uh, granted i mean i don't know if he actually was because they've got like lucas raymond and alex holtz and and watching them they kind of lucas raymond if you go watch the highlights scored there i think sweden's second goal one of the coolest like fake pass absolute <laughs> snipe deception shots i've seen them well anyways i think that's um, part of the
0: reason why these people like people love the world juniors i feel like there's always yeah. some really fun highlights that come out of it now these young guys are so creative and they can sometimes take advantage of the fact that some of these defenders are a little bit more well, lackluster yeah exactly
1: so it allows a lot more room for players personal style and individuality too yeah um, but anyways get back to cost here he's the sort of guy that any coach is going to absolutely love um, flash a little bit of skill as well as a real nose for the net like that's the that's the thing if you're a guy who doesn't have overall tremendous skill get your ass to the net because you'll find garbage and you may only score 30 points a year but that's 30 points a year
0: i was so hopeful i mean that uh sweden finland game it was 2-2 until like yeah. the last minute when hervin and scored but i was how cool would it have been to, to see a, a Canucks prospect uh, on both sides of these semifinals. Uh, I was hopeful.
1: Yeah, but I, clearly Team Sweden was just out of gas. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he, uh, I mean, he's clearly a future, a future, like he's clearly a prospect and a guy who's gonna come in and hopefully challenge for a spot one day. I mean, it's tough to say, honestly, because there are always some guys who just kind of flash at tournaments like this and then Flash a little bit, and then just never really seemed to make it. Um, and honestly, the odds are stacked against smaller guys, and our Cosmar is small. That's why he was drafted in the seventh round. This is, I think he's only five seven or five eight. Um, but he's—he well, says he's five eleven on elite prospects. But I do not believe that.
0: I don't know. That's not how it looked. And like yeah, you
1: said, <laughs> teams—I
0: don't, I don't know—he does not look that big. But he's Some... got the drive. He's got the drive, but sometimes it yeah. does feel like these smaller players have to use this stage to just grind it out and just go as hard as they can, which he he did. Uh, He has a quote, uh, if you irritate an opponent, it gives you an edge. He's not wrong, but mostly that's the case in world juniors. I don't know how much that, that translates. I like irritation in the NHL, but a small guy trying to be a pest out there, I mean, how many I think examples do we have of that? It's just, I think Mark the only Gallagher,
1: one. baby Gallagher Some of the most annoying players are small players. Cause if you have a five, eight, five, nine guy, just punching up and you're hitting you in the nuts. Every time you go by, you're going to lose it. Cause you're like, I, I could squish this guy. I could squish him, but you can't. Cause you're playing again. And I mean, some of those most annoying players are like that. And honestly, I think it connects the times over the last few years. I've lost pains in the ass. And if hey, there's one thing that those like old championship school, like, team needs it. Yeah. You need some, honestly, you need assholes. You, you need a hundred percent. One. You can't championships with everyone loving you. And it's one thing that I've learned watching the Canucks all these years when the Canucks have been trying to be too likable.
0: I still think it's one of the reasons why the Caps finally broke through and won. They, yeah, they upped they their asshole assholes. game.
1: Yeah. 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 You need assholes. You need guys who just honestly are a little psycho psychotic on the ice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Costmore to, is a guy who seems to have that trait. And that's an attribute. Honestly, that's a skill and a skill set as much as penalty killing is, in my opinion.
0: Well, and to give him his credit, he was also yeah. he was taking key faceoffs, scored two goals. He was playing on yeah. both sides of special teams. So you know what? He he fingers crossed. He he Look, looked great.
1: If you have a seventh round pick that two years later looks like an actual piece, hopefully, that could that could really challenge for spawn your bottom six within the next few years, that's a win. And um, yeah, I'm ex- I mean, hopefully. You never know with guys like that, but then, like he really had a showing out at the World Juniors and has definitely raised a lot of eyebrows with his performance, which is great to see.
0: Semi-finals and finals
1: predictions, give it to me. Cool, this is great. So the first game, I believe, is going to be what, uh the States and Finland.
0: Canada, Russia is at no, it's going to be four o'clock. All right, let's do Canada, Russia, baby. Yeah, and then States and Finland is a seven thirty. So. so,
1: Russia. Honestly, they beat Germany 2-1. Didn't look fantastic. They got shut out by the Czechs. They've got Podkolzin and Amirov and I'm forgetting one other guy. Uh, Chichnikov, Chinnikov. They've got a couple of uh, they got some uh, some real talents. Exactly. No Ilias, though. Maybe probably a couple of Ilias. I'm they've sure there's off too. too. A... <laughs> the Swedes had a headstrip, and that was really messing with me. <laughs> you know, headman, no, head, uh, anyways, um, but honestly, Askarov has not dominated games the way the Russians need him to. Yeah, and he's supposed to be the best goalie in this tournament, and I mean, if he sh- if that goalie shows up, the Canadians have an issue because he can be the best goalie of his age group in the world, but he hasn't been that so far. And if he doesn't show up like that, then I think Canada takes it four one.
0: This is where that 4-1, oh, wow, you like to hear it. This is where that this Germany one... game tricks me, is that uh, Germany was doing so well at scoring the puck, so then I have to ask myself, was this a low-scoring game? Because Russia had to be uh, more defensive than usual, and they will change that against Canada, even though our defense has been so great too. So when you say 4-1, that seems interesting. I, I could see it being a lower-scoring game. It's going to be tight. This is the semis. These players are going to be going hard.
1: Man, when Canada beats Russia. They fold, honestly.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the Russians have a tendency to fold sometimes. That's why I've seen them blow out before, and I think they're gonna do it. This is a good Canadian team. I've got faith.
0: I mean, when you look at just the straight up goalie stats, Askrov, like you said, is supposed to be the best, two point two goals against, and then our beauty, Mister Levi, zero point six four goals against. Both of them through five games. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say, similar to you, uh, I'm going. Uh, so my heart says three one, but. I don't know. I could see them. I could see them surprising us. Uh, no, I'm going to stick with three, one. All
1: right. Canada. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and then the second game of the day will be Finland, United States. What do yeah. you first? Who do you think?
0: So uh, like we were talking about, I think these Finnish teams find a way in these world juniors and they have been impressive in past years. But I do think uh, that the the states have had this this kind of overdue. I mean, they they they've wanted to get back uh, to glory uh, for a while now. Uh, so I could see I could see the states taking it, uh, and I could see them actually having a pretty high scoring game. I mean, they, they beat the Slovaks 5-2, and seeing Finland kind of like I mean, they did well against Sweden. They beat them as they should but not necessarily maybe as much as you would have uh, wanted to see. So this is the game I could see being 4-2 for United States.
1: I'm going to copy your prediction, to be honest, as Americans. Well, I feel bad saying that. You know what, I'm going to say States
0: 3-1. All right. You're taking my Canada. I love yeah, it. 3-1. Yeah,
1: so the States 3-1. I uh, The Americans are too good. Who's the,
0: who's the first star for Canada? Who's the first star for the States?
1: Uh, for Team Canada against the Russians, who... I don't think it's going to be Cousins, because I think when you come into a game like that, everybody knows. Oh, they're uh, going to try
0: to shut him down.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I think there'll be too much focus on him. But I think going into the game, let me see. Who hasn't shown... You know what? I'm going to say Connor McMichael. Connor McMichael. McMichael's, yeah, he's looked about the edge of breaking out and hit three posts two games ago, hit another post last game. Um, I think he's going to have a big game.
0: I uh, I actually am going gonna, gonna to say and I, I'm not sure about it, but I think the Russian defense are going to be trying to really hurt our forwards. And, <laughs> and I think Byram is going to be our first star. I think he's going to get That's... an assist and a goal and it's going to be unreal.
1: I think Byram won player of the game last game though. So they won't give it to him again. That's why. Well, if he earns it, they will. No, they never give it to guys back to back. It's stupid. <laughs> I don't understand. Anyways. Maybe you're right, but I wanted to pick Byron just because I really like him. I also dropped him in Fancy, so I'm totally on the hype train right now. He's also plus 14. I know plus minus doesn't really mean a ton, but he's – wow. Stay tuned for some fantasy talk, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) For the Americans. You know what? I'm not going to overthink it. Trevor egress. He's on fire right now.
0: I mean, when a player is that hot, you, you can't good. stop it. Right. I'm going Z as well. He's I think, I think no matter what Finland does, the States are just going to feed Zgras the puck and just say, keep shooting, find the back of the net. Like uh, it, it, mean, it, it couldn't, it couldn't be anything different. He's been so good. Every, every time
1: I see him on the ice, he looks dangerous. He looks like the best player there. So,
0: and I he wants no to be dangerous. To he's trying to use exactly. this as a as a. I, I knew Cousins was going to be good. I've heard heard of z but he is using this as his uh, Nico Hishire punch to the first pick. I mean, not actually, but, but you know he should what I have mean? Get drafted. This is. uh Oh, sorry. Yes. Zgrass. He's, he's, with, he's oh, an Anaheim team.
1: player. Anaheim, baby.
0: Oh, so he actually could be on a squad. Anaheim me? sucks.
1: I am pretty. Yeah, you're right. Sure. No, I don't think he's playing, though, this year. I gotta so like double check all this.
0: By the ducks ninth overall in the twenty nineteen NHL entry draft. Yeah,
1: right. But no he played in the HL last year. Actually, yeah,
0: he could play. I forget we'll how see. young guys get drafted. He's he's
1: nineteen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean I know he's not there for the Anaheim camp right now, but this is gonna be an impressive showing for that brass. And uh yeah, that's a team that needs that <laughs> needs a difference maker. A guy like that. Um, I mean honestly Wait, are we doing a gold should,
0: medal prediction?
1: Yeah, we should say this for our NHL preview, but I think Anaheim could be frisky this year.
0: I'm um, Sure. Let's oh, do it, baby. You're wrong. Anaheim we're, will not be frisky this year. He's wrong. We're Anaheim will not. <laughs> okay, Canada. Love it. So, Homer. Who are you picking? Yes, Canada to win it all. Canada? This, yeah, we, okay. we won it last year. We're winning it again this year.
1: And who's going to be MVP of the gold medal game? Devon Levi,
0: baby. All right. Um. Uh, is it MVP of the gold
1: medal game or no, the no, tournament? No, of the tournament will be Zegras or Cousins. I don't know. I just in the game.
0: Levi's stats have been pretty tournament. Just nah, so
1: Um, for the gold medal game, I want to go with my heart. I want to see Team Canada, but I feel like this is the sort of tournament that the Americans upset everybody and win in an overtime.
0: Wow, we have a bomb that has been dropped.
1: I think they're gonna win in overtime. Oh my, Zegers feeds Cole Caulfield into him one, and Levi slides over and it goes under his uh, under his glove or under his blocker rather because we're be on the other side, but then Caulfield's offside.
0: I can't believe you're saying America's gonna win it. I don't feel
1: good. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but. I- I think the Americans are when the when a good American team gets shit together, they're top to be in this tournament because they always they they play together way more than the Canadians yeah. do because they all play or at least the majority of them play on the US NDP team, and um, their problem.
0: I'll ben. be crossing my fingers that you are wrong. You yeah, are too, wrong. Dude. Me too. <laughs> well,
1: that's uh, that's our world. you here what? Not preview halfway through. View. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a hell of a tournament so far. It's been fun to watch.
0: So we are looking pretty decent for time here. Are we going to move on to our next topic? Or do you want to save it for another pod here? I think
1: let's end it right now here then.
0: I think it, I think it could I be, I think this could be a, a, good, a good IHF uh, World Junior pod for the episodes. Exactly. And then uh, stay tuned because we're gonna have more stuff coming up very quick. Uh, for the NHL is back, how the Canucks are looking with their off-season moves, and of course, fantasy hockey predictions. Uh, I'll say right now, there's gonna be some there's gonna be some breakouts. Uh, of course, Robbie Thomas is looking at right now. I actually don't think he's gonna be the surprise everyone thinks he is. I think that was just uh, a bit of a, a fluke for the Blues last year. Uh, but but there are some guys. I think Larkin's gonna have a big year. Uh, kind of expected. Uh, but I think I think Larkin's going to enjoy this year as a, as a young guy that's just going out there to play hard.
1: Well, we'll see about that. Um, until then, thanks for joining us here, guys. We're going to try to get back to some more consistency and regularity this year and try to have uh, some in- real interesting things um, come up to you throughout the year. We're still coming up with some ideas right now. Uh, and uh, keep your eyes posted on the timeline because we got some changes. we got some new things
0: coming up. I think you'll be uh, excited to hear about it. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, I'm Nico. I'm Alex. And this has been your Knuckleheads podcast.
1: Well, now, that's all right no mama. That's all right for you. That's all right no mama. Any way you do, but that's all right.
0: All right. That's alright. That's alright now mama.
1: Give way you do. And you always an innocent crime.